Hey, y'all. This week we have Adam McGrath, most notably and most commonly known for the band Caven. Uh, it's great to see him. He and I played in Animal Hospital Ensemble together once or twice. Very nice dude. Uh, I was happy to see him and very happy he came by. He gets pretty honest about Caleb and Caven uh, and how his life changed and how it keeps on changing and how he's, he seems happier in his life and he's concentrating on music. So. Thanks for listening. Uh, last year was a terrible time. year. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Uh, Kayla passed away, and it just yeah. kind of—it was just kind of unraveling and everything, you know. Too much. Um, and I, you know, I didn't like the job before that took place, but when you lose your friend, you lose somebody close to you, you certainly have a perspective on things. Like, yeah, oh, you know what, what you're trying to get out of life. And, Seriously. And uh, working, I mean, you know, it was really good for me professionally. I learned a lot, but mm-hmm. it was—it just soul sucking and. What were you doing? Like just book it. I, I worked at this place called East Village, and the, I would book it, and then run the events, and that was the thing. Like running the events, those those days were like five a.m. to like midnight, mm-hmm. six days straight in wow. a busy season. That and is a long time. The grind. I'm on salary, by the way, not hourly. So, yeah, you know, four years of that grind, you start to like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, mm-hmm. like on paper, yeah, this is a good career, and I'm doing good events. And wow, you pulled this off, and but it's, but it's all bullshit. <laughs> it, honestly, it's like it means nothing. You weren't getting any like real credit. And not even that. I don't. I don't even need that. It's just like it's. Yeah. It's just like not gonna go anywhere. Like this is my life now. I just sit at this place from five a.m. to ten o'clock at night, running these crazy events all day long, using every, all the energy I have. And I know, I want. I'd rather be playing music, but I mean yeah. that's a shot in the dark. And I know <laughs> that. You know what I mean, but. It's just like I'm gonna now. I'm just like I'm trying to play as much as I can now, just mm-hmm. to like until it dries up, because uh, I don't want to rot away at a shitty job right now. You know, what events were you booking? Like what type? What type of shit? Um, it was like, uh, you know, presidential events, speeches. We did have Mario Batali before he uh, had problems. Before he, yeah, um, we had you know, one, so the, you know, the most interesting one I ever did was a guy who was lost at sea, and it was like horrifying. Yes. He lost at sea for like four days. His boat flipped over and he like he's he had a life raft that was next to it that was tied to the boat the boat started sinking started pulling his raft down he had to cut himself free underwater and then he's in like a hurricane and the i get it was like he, i picture like a tube with like a little compartment in the center where you can zip yourself in mm-hmm. but it was already like filled with water but he zipped himself in and he said he was tossed around for like he doesn't know how long and he he, he talked about how when you get yourself in those situations, it's not even about like trying to like, how am I going to get through the night? It's like getting through the next minute. Yeah. And it was, you know, then he had pictures of when they found him on the Coast Guard, when they mm-hmm. like, unzipped him with like this blue shriveled up freezing Ugh. man. He's like, you know, I couldn't look at this for years, but I, you know, I survived. They found me. And it puts things into perspective. <laughs> yeah. Did you, I mean, it seems like a, an allegory for what you were just talking about. Yeah, it, for sure. It, and, that, this... and that's the best event I'd ever did in Northeastern. But most of the time I did like graduations and, orientations and you know leaving northeastern now it was great for me professionally but it was also yeah. like when you get into big money corporations like that like they're selling education where mcdonald's is selling hamburgers mm-hmm. they're selling education yeah and you start to, that's what i was involved in basically doing tv commercials like for northeastern for college in a weird way you know what I mean? yeah the parents would show up and then we do the you know days of like 
look at these engineer kids that we've just shuffled out. Like you, your kids could be like these kids, smart with all this experience, <laughs> going into the real world, taking on. And you know, but it's me, all fucking garbage. I mean, it's well, I'm I'm already you know for me what I I, I think you and I are on the same age. I'm I'm gonna yeah. be forty next year. Forty in a month. I just I'm gonna turn forty one tomorrow. Okay, so you're a little bit older than me, but you're yeah. of the age where. You know, the internet was just coming around when we were coming of age. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I, that's, I learned how to log on in college. That's it. Oh, that's, yeah, when I was in college, like, the the college email was, like, pretty much it. I think Hot, it. Hotmail had just come out. Mm-hmm. Kids are coding now. You yeah. Know, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my coding was, like, the little turtle. Yeah. You know, basic shit. Uh, so, it's a whole different world now. It mm-hmm. was a really cool experience. It ruined me a lot to be less... Uh, I could talk to strangers now. You know, we and it sounds ridiculous, but I could just like, hey, yeah, how are you doing today? How, how, you know, working, blah, blah, blah. Let's work this out. Okay, have a nice day. Shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. Northeastern was good for me in that sort of way. And I brought that to, like, the tattoo shop. Yep. Um, the tattoo shop is really interesting. It's a whole different world. But it's interesting watching people hustle art every day. Uh, trying to, you know, the things you have to do to bend and compromise. It is an interesting... To sell your art. Yeah. And also knowing you're doing art, but knowing you don't even like what you're, you're doing from the moment you start it, but you're just doing it because you need to put food on the table. But that's sure. it. That's you're doing it. You know? yeah. that's, I've never really understood. You know, I've, I have tattoos, and I know some tattooers, but they're friends, and I don't know whether they're ever actually honest with me. What what is it? What do people say about it? What do the artists say about fucking the shit that they have to do? Oh, um, you know, some people are like, you know, it, it depends. There's guys who have made a name for themselves. So they don't do anything like they don't want to do. Unless they're trying to make money. There's certainly days for all tattooers, at least the ones I'm around, they're like, they want to make money. So they'll draw like fucking triangles and infinity signs on, you know, tiny ones on girls' wrists all day long yeah, to make yeah, 100 yeah. bucks. Most of the time they're doing what they, they're known for what they do. Mm-hmm. But other, you know, other days it's a grind, man. You, you're, you're trying to like figure out what this client wants, even though this idea is real far out. And a lot of the times you're trying to talk someone off a ledge from like a crazy idea. Like, I think you should tone this down. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't think we should have every chapter of your life in your sleeve. I yeah, think we yeah. should have the, you know, the general things of the things you love in this sleeve, not year one, two, three. You can't three. fit everything. Yeah. It's going to look fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, you know, try to talk people off the ledge of their, you know, it sounds terrible to say, but bad ideas. But when you're, for me, I'm not an artist. I'm not a tattooer whatsoever. But just being around them, they because they do it every day, they're like, well, I know it kind of looks good, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to say, like, if you do that, it's going to look like this. Um, but, you know, there's days that, you know, it's also like a weird thing where uh, the FaceTime with the client, like, think about FaceTime. You're, like, sitting right next to them. Yeah. Face-to-face, like, hurting them. So it's like a weird dynamic. It's interesting. Too. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, I've always akin... You know, and this is probably, they would probably hate this analogy, but like I've always thought about it as, as a dentist, sort of. Yeah. Providing a service that you need that you it, don't necessarily yeah, want. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like um, painful. And also, like, the, the, the relationship and the communication, like, they, they don't want to talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I'm always like, you know, the people that I have had tattoo me are, like, I know them, or the, and so I'll, It'll be like there's there's a decent relationship there, so I can talk to them. But do they really want to talk to me? You know, right. yeah, you know, they I, talk. They have, you know, do they have to talk I all think day. So. I I don't know. I think you know it's different for each guy. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and I'm not a tattooer, like I said. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I know when I was, I haven't been tattooed a lot. I've only been tattooed once since working there, and I was like, oh my god, this is miserable. I totally <laughs> know. Uh, but you know, 
I couldn't really have a conversation because to me the sound of that fucking the gun yeah and the pain I don't want to talk to anybody <laughs> I just got a tattoo uh, last last week or week two weeks ago and I hadn't been in like a long fucking time and I'm sitting there and the, and and it was uh, it was at Ghost in the Machine okay and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm like and it was pretty quiet I'm like what the fuck something's missing. And then after like five minutes, then I suddenly hear the gun like going. I'm like, and I hadn't heard it in so long, and it what and it wasn't going on when I was first in there, so it was just weird. And then the guy who tattooed me has this new gun that doesn't make that fucking sound. Oh, interesting. They do. Those guys talk about machines. Like I said, I don't know anything about it. You know, it's, it's funny too because I I like the dynamic because I'm not. They're just doing their thing, and I'm just yeah. there to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those guys have all sorts of new trinkets and machines and cartridges that they're talking about all the time. But I will say, working there the past six months has been amazing for me. You know, it's been really, really cool. How so? Just it's just cool, a cool thing to be around for me mm-hmm. right now. Um, you know, I, I just doing what I did for Northeastern for so long. It's just cool to like not be consumed by a job and just like go to work and do my thing and leave it there and I'll be back tomorrow. They won't call me at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Was that what it was like at the other job? Well, he was twenty four seven. You were just always on call. Always, yeah, and it wore me down. You know, mm. um, it's been great for me. It's been cool to be around those guys every day. Um, they're moving the shops. It's an exciting time for them. It's, it's wow. really cool to be there. Moving next door to a bigger spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoy being around it. It's it's been really good for me. Would you ever go back and do something similar to what you were doing? Maybe Northeastern? in a different capacity? I, you know, I don't know. I, the hours were so terrible. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know. You never know. Never say never. And there, I met some really great people there. I don't want to talk all bad about it. No, no. You know what I mean? There were some really great people. I, I got into a lot of cool music. Uh, my friend Adam, John, this guy John, mm-hmm. uh, my boss Jeremy, was he was great to me. Um, yeah. But it's like, it's just, you know, I've never been, for me... Because I and I say this to my wife, because I got into music when I was so young, and because I started playing in bands when I was so young, like that's was it. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking like for the the career, like how to stay up on certain things and go <laughs> to these things to educate yourself on this, so you're ready for that. Like my, I've just I've been such a one track mind. Mm-hmm. But it's been cool that, like I said, it was it was a good job for me as far as professionally development, getting me out of my shell to like learn emailing and be responsible and being on top of things, getting back to people. Whatever it may yeah. be, you know, and knowing it's business, no, nothing's personal, you know, like, oh, they were weird to me. They're not weird to you. Just conduct your business and you move on with your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shit like that. So has it had an effect on, you said you're getting back into music more now or playing much more than you have? Um, I have been lately. Yeah. Which more, I mean, I've been doing a band Nomad Sons for a couple of years with my, with my buddy JR mm-hmm. and we've kind of kept it, you know, we've, we've practiced a lot, written up a lot of songs. We've, we've got, we're on our second bass player, this guy, Charlie, who's awesome. Um, you know, trying to get the band to where it is took a minute, but we just recorded a record with Al, uh, oh, yeah? which was like two years work. It was like two years work finally getting it to record. I'm so happy it's done. Like, Cause I just, you know, when something you're just thinking about something for so long mm-hmm. and oh my God, it's complete. I can move on with my life. But, was uh, it just like, was it writing or was it just, just, you know, we going through our first bass lives. player, going through our first bass player, um, then trying to get the rebuild the band with a new bass player, mm-hmm. kind of reinvent ourselves, get our shit together, play out a little bit, but know we want to write a new record. And then, you know, kind of last year happened, so kind of everything yeah, kind of yeah, got put yeah. aside. Uh, but we finally recorded that like in uh, February, you know, January, February. What month are we in March? March. 
Yeah. Um, and it came off. Just, just March. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love recording in Med in Medford, Mystic Valley. It was really cool. Um, I uh, just talked to him not too long ago. I, I think I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, He's got quite the operation over there. Man. He does. And uh, I, we talked about it in the podcast a little, in his episode how uh, a lot of people had a great experience recording with him. They feel very comfortable there. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. What was it about it in particular? Um, you know, I, I've known him a long time, so mm-hmm. that's good. But it's easy to park. It's easy to get to for me. Yeah. You know it's, not the, I mean? it's not really the city, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of Whole Foods around the block, so it's easy food. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like the basement setup. It's, and I like how he's got everything very it's meticulous and clean. It's not sloppy down there at all. Yep. Um, and I just like the intimacy of it. I like how it's small, not just grandiose thing. Um, is that a bit far different than the other things you've done? I've recorded all sorts of places. Yeah. Um, every, like, oh, the whole gamut. And I've been lucky to do that. I'm not complaining mm-hmm. about it. But uh, for me, I like the intimacy of the tape. You know, you forget it's when you record with tape, you do have to, like, stand there for a second while it rewinds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, which, it's, is a, which is an interesting uh, little, I don't know, archaic thing of life that you don't you don't see you don't doesn't happen anymore no. like you know it's like click 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 yeah click, yeah click. like even even when you're at home when you're a kid and you had a fucking tape deck yeah that kind of shit it's crazy now it's just instant it's so weird and it's funny you take that for granted yeah that's why i said when you record tape you gotta be prepared because that stuff's gonna happen and if you get yourself into like a crazy take situation you're fucked mm-hmm. um but we were really prepared and it was like like i said two years work of like be getting it together and did, I'm finally happy that that's recorded. But when I'm getting back to music, going back to your first question, it was uh, Jake, like two years ago, asked me to go to Europe with him with the band Where You Wounds. And that kind of like reawoken me to like, oh, fuck. I, I, I was still working in Northeastern. When I got home, I was like, what am I doing here? You know, yeah. it was like, I need to be like trying to get myself back into those situations, mm-hmm. you know, trying to like make myself available to be in those situations. And ultimately I did. Um, but Doing that band with Jake was great. I, I kind of joined in as a scab, like just learned the songs that went on tour, which was awesome. Um, and That's then, what Alex does. Yeah. You know? It's cool. Um, it, was, it was it was great to be back in Europe. You know, I definitely had a panic attack landing on the runway because I couldn't believe I was fucking back. <laughs> yeah. But it was great. It was, when was the last time you were there? May 05 was the last time I was there. With, and then I went back the first time two years ago. Yeah. So it was about 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Was this with, with Caven or? Yeah, it was Caven. Yeah. yeah. 05 was the last time I was there with Caven. And then. Just going, it was, you know, it, it's good going back as an adult, you know, mm-hmm. like a 20 or something, getting fucked up all the time. <laughs> um, Taking it a little more seriously. Yeah, just enjoying it, man. I, yeah. I, just, I enjoy being in Germany, you know. I used to I used to think it was dreadful and gray, but I, I was, I, I kind of thought it was charming, you know. <laughs> it reminded me of here, honestly. Yeah. Um, it seems pretty. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. And mm-hmm. just driving to the countryside and, the, you know, all the history there and all the old monuments and castles and structures i i really loved it and i feel like uh you know the more i learn about my family history i feel like there's parts of me over there you know uh, relatives interesting did you meet any of them while you were there no but i i know my great grandma was from hamburg so i, I kind of could like feel a little more when i was like oh look around. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting i yeah. mean you're just a little older mm, exactly and you can stop and appreciate it roses, I guess. yeah i guess you know i didn't want to say that but yeah exactly and maybe maybe you slow down a little bit I I don't party like I used to at all. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I haven't drank for like four years. Oh yeah. Um, which is no, I'm not not like a. Uh, I certainly wasn't like on the. I don't think I had. I, I think I was on the verge of bad problems. I, I I've seen people way more worse than I ever was. Sure. 
Um, but I just thought it was a bad path to be going down. So well, it's, it's good. Nice that you can make a conscious decision like that. It was good. It was it's nothing but positive for me. Um, yeah. And I drank for years. That's the thing. It's like you hug it in the You drank for years. It was fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I lost like forty pounds. Yeah, just over it now. Good. Um, cool. Um, so when do you think this uh, record's gonna come out? Uh, well, I have like three on the dock right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, so what else? The weird ones are supposed to come out in the spring, I think. I think it's being mastered. We finished that. That's that was mixed like two weeks, two, a week or two ago. Oh, great. The Nomad Stones is still waiting to be mastered. I, I it, Al told me maybe this week. There's also like a Caven record that we haven't told anyone about. That actually I found out today is coming out in June. Whoa, um, new. It's new. It's all the stuff we were all demos we recorded with Caleb. Um, People are gonna fucking lose their shit. Like literally, like the last, last two of the songs, like the last time I ever saw them. Um, so it's like as real as it gets. It's, yeah. it's fucking heavy. Um, I'm really proud of it. I'm, I'm really, I feel very lucky to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, it's not enjoyable for me to listen to. No, I think it's, I think it's awesome, but I don't like listening to it. <laughs> Too much shit. Involved. It's just heavy, man. Yeah, you know, it's heavy. Have you uh, talked a lot about this shit? Uh yes and no. No. Yes and no. Um, Does it still seem pretty uh, present? Oh, for, forever will be. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, he was a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If, I mean, if he, if nothing, I don't think anything will be the same. And I don't think we expect it to be, but it, it's good that, it's good that we're still together. It's good that we're trying to like celebrate his memory. It, 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 you know, I'm happy that we can help out his family. Yeah. yeah. Um, How did those shows go? They were great. Yeah, uh, that seems like a positive. It, it was positive. something it was a, positive. It was a fuckload of work that came out. It was positive. Two shows here, right? There was one show here, and oh. we did one in Los Angeles. Okay. And we're doing one in London in three weeks. All right. All um, right. It was. It, it's a lot of work because I mean, we were we we were doing kind of two versions of Caven. We were have, we had Caleb's brother do half a set with us, and then we mm-hmm. had Nate do this uh, half a set with us. Mm-hmm. So you know, running two band practices, kind of like two different versions of Caven. Um, and then also doing this over set of like all Caleb songs, which, you know, between all of us, we kind of know a handful, but keep those, those that, record, that first record, man. I love that first. It is. That's a great record. record. I love that record. Yeah. And that was, that was mainly just him, right? It was him. Yeah. Santos played drums on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he recorded that with Schneider in New York and Dumbo. Um, is that what they call it? Dumbo? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And I, that studio is long gone, but I, I went and stayed with him for a few days and, uh, I remember listening. I'm like, dude, it's fucking great. It's so crazy. Yeah. Like the rhythms on that record are amazing. Yeah, he's you know the rhythms like learning some of his riffs, man. Like like that's pure Schofield. Like learning that stuff for the for the the. I mean, it's a trip. It's a weird trip. It's it's like yin and yang. It's like punishing, but it's also like a lot of joy because it like he's around us. You know what I mean? He he feels alive, but it's also. It, it cuts for sure. It cuts yeah, deep. I'm sure, and it will for a long time. I bet. I mean, I'm sure it never. It will never go away. Uh, how how are other people dealing with it? Like, um, you know, shows it, help a lot. It was good to be together. I mean, I think everyone has their moments, man. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, you know, I, I can only speak for myself, but I mean, it's like a roller coaster ride. I'll, yeah. I'll have really good days, and I'll have to. I'll have, for now, being out of it for a period of time, like, oh, I feel good. I feel good, and then I'll just like come crashing down. Uh, back to like you know almost like year zero like oh my god I can't believe it. You, I still sometimes can't believe it yeah you know I can't believe it I didn't know him you know I never met him but when it when I you know when it came down when I heard it was it was devastating yeah it's awful in a lot of ways 
Um, I can't imagine what it's like knowing him, you know. Um, so, uh, you got a lot of music coming out. <laughs> I see, yeah, I said to I'm pregnant with three records. Uh, but, you know, for me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's a great, I shouldn't say that. No, no, so, it's yeah, fucking but funny. I, but I feel like someone eventually is going to be like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah. Uh, Shut the fuck up. Um, but, I'm happy to be in this position right now. The Cape record is fucking really bittersweet, but it's, it's, it was, I'm, I'm just, it took a long time. I'm just happy to be in a position where like new music is coming out and we, I get to play it still. You Do know, you think I, this was all predicated on this last year or was it, you know? Did, uh, well, did I mean, then, you know, No Man's Stone stuff, it was like two years work. Like I said, I mean, yeah, these yeah, songs yeah. were around and, and honestly, like there's songs that I was like, I can't wait to play this for Caleb when it's done, you know? <laughs> Damn. Um, Fuck, but it's, that's it's it's not gonna happen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, where wounds is kind of like we where the, that's a whole different that, that record we literally, literally I mean, Jake and Mike had demos, but we mm-hmm. literally constructed it the week before we recorded it. I've never done that. It was like interesting crash and burn. Like, <laughs> stay up till three in the morning, learning these new songs in the studio with Kurt for a week. And you know, for me, there was times where you know people were recording, and I was sitting down coming up with my part. And two minutes later, like recorded. Dang it! <laughs> you know what I mean? How did it feel? Was it? I mean, it was cool. I mean, I'm glad lot. I. It was. I'm glad I could do it. Mike and Jake definitely, definitely were the leaders in like keeping it together, like puzzling this together. They were the directors of, mm-hmm. of the film. Um, but it was a it was a wild way of doing things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I've done it. Like one part, two parts, maybe on a, on a record, but not the whole thing. Fuck. It was, it was, you know, I, I certainly went through all you go through in art that I haven't gone through in a long time. Like there are days you like a lot of self doubt comes out where you do when you're doing it like this. I, you know, I didn't. It was the Nomad Stones were so different. Like they, I just didn't have the confidence in the songs just because I didn't. It was just so on the like coming up with shit on the fly mm-hmm. that I, you know I was like what am I doing here with these guys these guys I shouldn't even be here you know what I mean like <laughs> I, I need to go home like everyone kind of we all kind of had like meltdowns <laughs> like that cause yeah just trying to like you know deliver mm-hmm. you know like okay you ready record ready you know, ready to hit the space bar and it's like yeah. okay I have and I even there were moments where I was like I don't know I don't even know the song I, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah um, <laughs> did you do shit like was it was when it came to pass was it easier than you thought it would be um it was nerve wracking. Yeah, but yeah. it came together, and having all those, it's a really cool crew. Weary Woods is a definitely a, a, a whole different group of guys that I, I'm just really becoming great friends with. Like Sean, I never, I've never mm-hmm. been in a band with Sean or Chris or Mike. I've known Jake for years; is like a good friend, but we've never been in a band together. Like it's a really great group of guys. So it was a good support system. And that helped to get me through it. And I, I, I think all of us, we all needed each other at a certain yeah. point during, during that process. We all had, um, but we all had moments like I don't, I don't want, I don't think I can do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of nice when you have. I mean, a lot of people don't have something like that to fall back on. You mm-hmm. know, music, it's great. No, they don't. And you know, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm turning forty this year. I'm, and with, you know, with, with losing Caleb last year, so you really get a perspective on all the things you're trying to get out of life. And I, I just feel lucky and happy that I'm still doing this stuff and mm-hmm. uh, still, still trying to do it, still trying to be good at it. I, I'm just happy. I haven't, cause you've, I'm, I've seen people, you know, not want to do it anymore. And it's kind yeah. of a bummer. And I, but I also get, it's, it's thankless. You know what I mean? I, I get, I, mm-hmm. I kind of send a mic from where it was like music. It's kind of fun. You know what I mean? It's a lot of fucking work, <laughs> loaded gear, a lot of practicing. Mm-hmm. And then, 
once in a while you have a show that like, that was good. Most yeah. of the time you're like, it was. Sometimes it's rewarding. It's sometimes, but <laughs> more or less no. <laughs> especially, especially the older you get. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? It, 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 you're, you're tired all the oh, time. Oh god! And getting everyone's schedules, you know, especially people have children. And I totally oh, yeah. understand, but it's mm-hmm. like people put a lot of to do this way at the older you get, especially if you have families and. It's hard to make it fun. You know? It's hard. Uh, it's like you have to be a love. You have to love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's thankless. I, I, I agree. I mean, uh, and a lot of people I've talked to, you know, I asked them, like, when did you make that decision? How did it come about when you just said, I'm done? And, I mean, it's pretty much across the board, but it's 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 funny to listen to the – People that you think that like their music is such a big part of their lives, like you're like, oh, I always associate this guy or this lady with music, and right. then suddenly they're done. You're like, I think I totally misinterpreted them entirely as a person. It's right. crazy. Yeah, some people it's just a thing they did. Yeah, it's just something that they fucking were like, yeah, I was I was pretty good at it, so I did it. I'm like, I respect wow. that though. No, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's some real talent, I guess. I respect that a lot. Because I feel haunted by it now, especially now. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, now, that definitely, if you're haunted by it, woof. Well, I, I, in a way, that's it's good, though. It's a way that, it's like a passion. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, when I see old guys, like, still playing and shit, like, I love that shit. You, you know what think I mean? you're going to be, like, blues rock guy? I, I, I don't think I'm going to play the blues, but, um, <laughs> like, you know, just, but I, I just love, like, you can see the miles in someone. When you see someone play, and you, you can see the years and, like, the way they play. Like, I love that shit, mm-hmm. you know? And it, I always say like someday that'll be me you know I just keep on just keep on going you know and now especially you know losing my friend like I know this is what I love and it's so some people never find what they love in life and and I, I have I know that and I, mm-hmm. I'm it's, like I said perspective it's like well I'm, I'm gonna just keep on doing what I love until I can't anymore you know what I mean <laughs> when did you start playing uh, you know started when I was in 6th grade my mother got me guitar lessons at uh, Methuen Mall um and then, you know, I had like freaky dink bands with friends in Methuen, but mm-hmm. um, I, you know, getting into like punk and hardcore via the suburbs, uh, going to like weird VFW shows. Um, that was kind of like, you know, you see these crew, you, you're, the kids around who would go to those shows, and I, you know, I knew friends of friends that would eventually lead me to meeting JR. And I, I mean, I met JR in sixth grade. It's, we're going back. You know what I mean? He's a drummer of Caven. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Steve, Steven Sergey, we were all like into the music. We were the kids into music. Um, and we all just started playing. And we, I guess we formed Caven when, you know, I was sophomore summer of high school. I was like, I think I was 16, 15, 16. Well, we were trying to be a hardcore band, trying to play. We wanted to play like the VFW shows. That was like our yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we piebald when piebalds had like their demo out. Converge had Halo and Haystack out. Mm-hmm. Those were very inspiring, like benchmark things for us to get our shit together to try to do our own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, we wanted to play a show with piebald. Like that was a goal. You know, <laughs> so it sounds so funny now. Yeah, it that is. Was, like, I mean, it's a little um, surprising. But I mean, it was so, so new. I mean, yep. it was their demo cassette. You know what I mean? It converged. I mean, like, it was like a dream of ours. Like, we were Converge. so, so intimidated by... For sure. Um, you know, I heard them on a compilation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't believe they were from across the river from me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just like local shit like that. Yeah. Um, so... That was kind of my gateway. And, and uh, starting Caven when in high school, and started playing VFWs when... With, we did a ton with Pieball and eventually with Converge and, you know, eventually 
leaving high school, a couple of us moving to the city, and I've been here ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and then meeting a ton of other people here who are, none of them are here anymore. But <laughs> everybody moves away. Yep. Everyone moves to the suburbs or sure. whatever. From this city. Um, did you, did Gavin always start off being. Because it seemed to have morphed. It, you guys went through a couple. We, yeah, we were like suburban hardcore kids initially. And and then like, uh, I tell you, hard stops. I mean, we joke about it because people like, people like talk to us about that record. Like it's, you know. <laughs> that's crazy. I, I was they talking talk, about it today. They talk to it like it's crazier than like the people. You know, we were like 19. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. That I, I'm no, actually not even 19. We were probably like 17, 18. You were mm-hmm. kids. So for us, we talk about all the stuff we were copping and like ripping <laughs> off and like, you know, like riffs are like, oh, here's Wolverine Blues once, and like, there's the riff that we like, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, Steve is always a, extremely ahead of his time. I mean, for, for me and my group of friends, he was always such a proficient player, mm-hmm. guitar player. And you know, I'm lucky to have learned a ton from him. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was for me, it was just trying to keep up at that time, um, which is funny because I could. I come in waves of playing music like that. Like, if you want me to dial up and play hard stuff right now, it's going to sound terrible. Because, <laughs> like, I have to sit there and kind of... I, I never play like that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I um, can't imagine. Um, but it was... We were, I was I was lucky to be around. I was lucky to have a really good set of friends. You know, JR and Steve and... Like, my, my feeling connection. And we'll, we'll, we did one tour. We graduated high school with the kind of the original lineup. Like, this guy, Jay. And mm-hmm. then... Um, I believe this guy Andy was playing bass for us at the time. Jay kind of, did, you know, I don't want to talk smack about these people because you know, we're adults now. It just didn't work out with Jay. You know, we sure. decided not to get another singer for a while, and um, we came in and toured with this band, Strike Three, that Caleb Schofield was a singer for, mm-hmm. and we had figured out that Caleb was a bass player on that tour, and that's how Caleb we kind of like enjoyed being around him. We did that trip down to Florida, and that's how he came into the band when we were eighteen, and that's that was the lineup up until last year. You know. Um, a lot of great years together. Yeah, a lot of fun together. Um, it was great. I mean, you know, he jumped into our world too. I didn't realize it until he was fucking gone in a weird way. He like jumped into our world. You know what I mean? Like we were like Methuen kids. We knew each other since like sixth grade and we like met him one summer and he just joined up and then the next 20 years he was like our brother, you know? It's a real special person who can just go into yeah. any sort of group like that, especially tight knit. Yeah, and- it was... I think about that now. And mm-hmm. I didn't think about it then because you're just, you know, you always have, when you're young, you have your head up your ass, you know? <laughs> um, but he just, he just saddled up with us. Yeah. Um, we learned so much. And when we, it was mutual. We learned a lot from each other, you know? We learned, we, we grew up together. So it was, it was a, it was a good time. Um, where was I? Uh, going to the city. Yeah, I mean, how did how, so that record? Oh, I tell you, hard stops. That's right. Yeah, that record okay. in particular. It was us trying to reconverge and like all the metal stuff we liked at the time. It was like at the gates and uh, converge and tuned. Um, what else did we like? I mean, we liked Ire. Mm-hmm. Um, did Warshak, you? Warshak was a huge influence on us. Yeah. Um, Dead guy. Um, all like that '90s core, you know. And also the Metallica and like Alice in Chains and Grunge, you know, we were the perfect aid for perfect aid for Grunge. Yep. Um, but also Metallica, you know, certainly hit Methuen hard. Mm-hmm. Um, we loved also Me- we loved Megadeth, Rest in Peace. Um, that that was like the foundation. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm was sure if Steve and Jared were here, they would have they would say failure, failure in quicksand as well. Well, see, that's the other. <laughs> then, I, yeah, when you talk about the, the later records, I can certainly hear failure in quicksand for sure. And you know, Steve was always in a when, when I, Steve was Steve was the first person I was ever met into failure, and I swear to God, and I, I'll say this, he it was fucking early, like <laughs> like he was the first dude to have magnified like the day it came out. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. long time ago. Long time. <laughs> He's like, we were young, <laughs> and I remember like, what is this band? Um, he was, he was, he loved them. And I, you know, I heard the info he had, JR and Steve had a band called Quinine and Bliss. They were called Quiz, Bliss or Quinine. It was like their first band that mm-hmm. I, that I've kind of like watched. And they were, they were, you know, to me, they were ahead of their time. They kind of had like a, a grunge failure vibe, uh, like Nirvana failure vibe. They had some really cool stuff going on. I mean, for me, like thinking back to the stuff Steve was doing when he was young, he was doing awesome shit. I'm sure now, I, I mean, I look back on it, I mean, just kids, but I, I remember thinking at the time, like, man, he's doing stuff that no one's doing. Sure, for that time uh, and being yeah. that age, fuck, for sure. Um, but I mean, he's copping failure, but he was doing it like <laughs> he was a kid. You know what I mean? He was, he was young. Hey, I was copping somebody when I was young. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, just wasn't failure with somebody else, but I wasn't doing that good of a job at it <laughs> either. So, but uh, I think, you know, during the Interior Heart Stops era, like just the four piece, you kind of really coming together as a unit mm-hmm. um, you know also just being into all sorts of different music like failure like I said and quicksand and you know grunge music and all the different types of hardcore Fugazi and Hoover and uh, Hoover I, I don't, yeah I'm just trying to like, think of like bands we listen to mm-hmm. um, and then like you know as we got like older like Radiohead and Portishead DJ Shadow and I'm trying to think of like all that era you know and you just got older and Pink the, Floyd was a big I mean I remember all of us sitting in a 43B Park Vale in Alston watching Live at Pompeii for the first time together you know changed <laughs> our lives yeah <laughs> I, can, uh, I can hear the influence for sure um, and I think just getting into different stuff you know uh, like the weird macho like meatheadness of like metal music like some of them I'm not saying all of it but some of it like that was a turn off for me anyway like I, I didn't relate to it mm-hmm. um you know, I, I love a lot of that music, but I mean, that's the, that's kind of what we. I think that's kind of what led us to try doing different shit, and it felt natural because we were into different shit. I don't. That's the kind of way looking looking back upon it. It's like well, we're into all sorts of music. Why don't we just play whatever we want? Um, Did you get a lot of pushback from like the hardcore scene when you started record, to change? Uh, yeah, when, I, when we put out, yeah, people didn't know what to do with Creative Eclipses and Jupiter. I mean, I mean, I don't need to go into it, but I mean, there was a bunch of people say that. <laughs> People like again, like, like oh Jupiter, but at the time, I mean, people it was had split, you know, people mm-hmm. were either into it or people like fucking hated us for it, <laughs> uh, which is so ridiculous, you know. But I mean, I'd say Heartstops is a fucking barn burner, it's fucking metal, it record. Is. I, I get it. it. Is. I, um, so you know, it was what it was. I mean, we were young kids, I mean, it's good that we trusted each other to do something like that, mm-hmm. you know, tight unit, um. And everybody was on board for it. Everybody yeah, we were. We were all. We were. We were definitely like a tight group. Mm-hmm. And I think we couldn't have done the stuff we did if we were not. You yeah. know, we were certainly a tight group, and you know, there was there was certainly highs and lows, but I mean, we stuck together through a lot. Um, you know, that Jupiter record. We I think we did track that in four days at the outpost. Um, just the basics. And I, I, it, it was, uh, again, again, we really rehearsed. We were practicing at Steve's parents' basement at the time. Like, this when we were in college. So we'd go down on weekends to practice and come back. Mm-hmm. And the shit you used to do. Um, and then that's kind of, I think that's kind of when Jupiter was out. We you know, That's when kind of like uh, I was like finishing up college. And that's when like major label stuff started happening. Like that, that whole weird game of like sniff, people sniffing around us and like courting us and bringing us out to dinners and... 
Yeah. You know, where'd like, you go to dinner? Uh, I mean, all over, man. Like, we did the, you have to like go up to LA and shit. We did that. We did do stuff like that. We went yeah. to New York, we went to LA. I mean, it was, it, it was also like right at the, it was kind of like right on the, like right before the wave crashed of like them being like, we shouldn't do this anymore. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah, right no. before the music, it was before like MP3s and shit. Yeah. It just, they were still kind of riding their selling shit wave. Right. They were, they were like, this MP3 thing's not, we're not, we're going to be fine. Yeah, Don't totally. worry about it. And then it hit, you know, that, that wave crested. Um, so, you know, just like you watch the useless money, we were young, and, you know, mm-hmm. we'd be, it was it was wild, man. They bring us they bring comics, let's buy whatever we want. <laughs> oh shit, really? Yeah. That's kind of fucking crazy. It was cool. It was a trip, man. Yeah, it was a trip to live. Um, you know, look back on. It, I have a blast. I don't have any hard feelings about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to do for a bunch of kids from Methuen, Mass. You know, it was a well, it was a weird trip of like going to Los Angeles and New York and talking to these people and not knowing what the hell we're getting ourselves into. Um, and then eventually signing and um, you know going out to LA for like four to six months living out there like kids from like like I said Methuen kids and you know it's funny about living in LA and this is um actually I, I forgot that I had more beverages yeah there's, there's you know there's another seltzer in there too um, if you want that we <clears throat> out there, we stayed at this place called Sirtis Suites they set us up in these weird fucking condos mm-hmm. <laughs> and dude I swear to god so it's also the same it's where, it's the neighborhood where they pulled Whitey Bulger out of really it's, it's a block who's behind us <laughs> And we were there while well, he yeah, was yeah. there. Oh, in that parking lot? Like that parking garage? Yeah, right that there? building was behind the building we were living in. <laughs> and so I swear to God, I tell people this story. There's, there was a window in the corner on the top apartment, and it was like a punching bag. Mm-hmm. It looked like a person. Like people use it for, I don't know if these were fighting or something. Like you put, it's like, it looks like a torso with a head on it. It's so you can creepy. like fight it. <laughs> and I saw this in the window, and then. You know, however many years later, they pull Eddie Bulger out of there. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, that's where we lived, dude. Was like, he think he was there the whole fucking time? Yeah, he was there the whole time. Oh, and crazy. then they showed what they pulled out of his apartment. They pulled out that fucking thing. There was that thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's crazy. And I'm like, that was when Bulger's apartment. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so that's my that's my bossing LA. Yeah, there we go. We're all out there together. We're out there practicing, writing the record, but there were days where we didn't do shit. <laughs> so, they, so they're like, we're going to give you this fucking money. You come out here. Uh... Record the record. We didn't record right. I mean, that that period of time. We were like writing mm-hmm. and meeting producers, like and like we're spending time with these producers, seeing if we vibe or whatever. Yeah, how's that? Was that fucking weird? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah, there, there was definitely. I mean, it's a weird world. You're it's the music industry. I don't know what it's <laughs> like now. I've been out of it forever. But, yeah, uh, you know, it's all. It's everyone's it's people. They're doing their career. You know, mm-hmm. like they're. There, this guy has his career. This is good for me. Is it, you know, it's mutual. It's like, will this be good for me? If I, if be good for you, yeah, <laughs> vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, we we met the guy who did um, like the Elliot Smith records, which was kind of cool to meet him. Um, mm-hmm. We met the guy who did uh, Mark Trombino, who was a drummer of Drive Like Jay, who he did the Jimmy Eat World records. We actually recorded a demo with him at Sunset Sound. Oh, how, and how's that sound? You know, apparently, I don't. I haven't heard it in years. Um, but it's the room that Van Halen recorded all over. And I remember, I, the only memories I have is the studio. I have no memory of like recording there. Mm-hmm. I just remember like, holy shit, we're at Sunset Sound for one night. That's awesome. Um, we, it's a cool looking room. There's like three there. Yeah. So the, what I remember, there was the room we recorded in, which was a Van Halen room. Then there was like the Prince room, but it's also the Doors record all their records there. Yeah. And then there's also another room that it's all those, that picture of Mickey Keith with the Jack bottle. That's where like the Exile on Main Street overdubs were done. And 
I don't know. Neil Young's done a ton there. I don't know which way he's. Yeah, but he's Buffalo Springfield recorded there. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's legendary. Uh, But I don't know which rooms. Who knows? It was cool. I mean, you know, for me, I'm talking about. I I I was excited. I look back upon it like, oh, it was cool to be in Sunset Sound. It's cool to, (laughs) you know, it's cool to do this weird. I I wish I appreciated it more. I was gonna say, did you know where you were when it was happening? Yes and no. You know what I mean? I I know more now probably than I did then. Yeah. Um, If I were there, I probably couldn't fucking play. Yeah, it was a trip, man. It was a trip. Um, and eventually we met Rich Cossie, who we ended up doing antenna with. She recorded in, uh, is, it, is it called Cello? I don't know if it's called, I think it's the studio recorded, but it's a, it was across the hall from where they did Beach Boys, uh, Pet Sounds. Mm-hmm. The room we did antenna in was a room that uh, California Dreaming was recorded in. Mom was in the pod. Also a very fucking cool room. Yeah, so it's just, it was a trip, man. That's you know? amazing. So, was the music industry everything you thought it would be? Like, did it end up being, like... I mean, it, it, it's, it has full of cliches, you know, yeah. but, I mean, there's some good people there, too, and there's I met a lot of really cool people. I, uh, Pete Stahl, who tour managed Caven for years. I mean, I would, I would have never met him if I didn't go into that into that world and he tour managed us. And I, I learned so much from, from Pete about music and life, and mm-hmm. um, he's your singer of that DC band Scream. So I mean, he was he's like being around a legend. I didn't even know it until I I figured it all out. Like, oh holy shit! You know, what I mean? uh, singer he's an amazing singer. Uh, just heavy influence on me, you know, forever. All the stuff I learned from Pete. Um, you know, just full of cliches. I don't want to talk ill on anyone because I'm trying not to do that. No, that's fine. Uh, no, we don't need. To... Uh, but it was a cool it's experience. Not... It's a cool tour, but it is what they say it is. I mean, you know, it, we our first song didn't do anything, so right away it was like it was over. Oh, you know, it was over as fast as it started. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like your first single didn't do anything. What was that's that conversation it. like? What did they say to it, you? They don't. Really, that's the thing. They just kind of. It's like they ghost. Just shut the door. They, it's kind of. <laughs> it's like ghosting. You know what I mean? They just kind of <laughs> less hear from them less. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit like that. And then it turned into like, you, you guys need to be self-sufficient. And then they started putting us on all these weird shows to give the appearance of looking busy. And that's kind of what, uh, it definitely kind of uh, disintegrated us for a, little, a couple of years. Yeah. We just burnt us out. It's like, oh, you, you're not doing, just keep on playing. You know Is what I mean? someone playing filter? Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice shot. Headshot. <laughs> I haven't heard that in years. Holy shit. Speaking of the 90s. Um... So, yeah, what happened after that? You guys kind of like, did you um, guys you take know, a we break? Did, we went through that ringer. We took a break. Uh, we start, you know, I don't know if we took a break. I can't remember the timeline exactly. We did all the perfect pitch black stuff. And then, you know, the guy, the new guy on the label, who wasn't the guy who signed us, like, wasn't into it at all. So then we got dropped. And then we actually got paid out for the second record, which probably would not happen in 2019. Like, we got paid out for a record that we didn't do. Because um, I just wanted you. To yeah, work. just get out of here. We don't know what to do with you. Yeah, either. and I, I will say out of all of us, it's a good thing Steve got out too because, you know, Steve's a talented guy. They they could have they could have stuck it to him. Like, no, mm-hmm. you're gonna work for us still. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, we all got free from that, and we got some. You know, I think we got a, a little bit of money. When we I can't remember, um, but I'm glad we got out scot free. And then we then we started doing perfect pitch black stuff, and then we did that, and we then it was kind of like we t- took a couple a couple a, a bunch of years hiatus. I started in clouds and did that for a bunch of years. That first Clouds record's great. Yeah, I, like I remember that. seeing you guys downstairs. I love at I least love, once. We, we played downstairs and talked. I, <laughs> I, I love that band. It was a wonderful period of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, you know what? Caleb moved to LA for a few years. I think Jared moved to Germany for a little while. I mean, it was just kind of like you know, when you, 
I, I look back upon it with Caven is that we did it so hard for so long and so young that I think we really needed to like grow up without each other for a while. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and just not sure we were together for years and we were just we, I mean we're, we grew up we spent some really formative years together mm-hmm. um, but I think you know we need to spend some formative years without each other yeah sure you gotta um, get your own experiences for sure and I, I look back upon it that way because it's mm-hmm. like you know I, especially now that kids gone I'm like man I, I, I wish we could have kept it going the entire time but at the same time it's like you know everything happened the way it had to happen you know we yeah. all had to do our own thing um, but uh Oh, lost my train of thought. So they had to clouds for a few years, and that kind of that was fun. And then I, you know, that I can't I can't remember what slowed down, but it, 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 my music definitely slowed down for a period of time. And it started playing solo, but that was like it was what it was. Playing solo, like it's more of an exercise than it is enjoyable. You know, what I mean? really. So you prefer a band? Yeah, and you, you know, playing for solo for me is like, it's a lot of work, and you, and you, you really know you know people don't give a fuck right? <laughs> you know you know it's you can tell right away and it, but it, you know I know I'm not Neil Young or anything um, yeah but you certainly have some clout um, but it's fun to it's fun to try to do that every once in a while I, I can't I'm trying to like think what, I think Jimmy moved to New York that's why clouds disbanded I, mm-hmm. I just can't remember they came and did a little bit more with it came and did white silence and then you know, hiatus I really can't, you know, came and did some spotty things. It was, I wish I, I should actually like write the timeline out. <laughs> you should. I mean, that's the type of thing that people, that's the kind of history that people want to yeah. you know. Oh, sure. I, I, even now, I, I'd like to, I wish I could articulate it better. Um, but then I got like, you know, things started to slow down and I started to, you know, I got that job for four years at Northeastern and then mm-hmm. uh, now, I don't, now I don't work there. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start doing 27? Uh, I did that, I, you know, that's more because I'm, you know, Terry and I are married, you know, it's definitely like a thing where I, I, I've told them straight up, I'm like, you know, you guys are a family band and I have to keep it a family, we can't like, I don't want to get too crazy because we're family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want it to get any hard feelings or anything. So, you know, I started playing with them like two, two or three years ago, I was mm-hmm. like three years ago. But in my mind, it's Ale Marie's band. If Marie was here, she would say, no, it's our band, but it's not. It's Marie and Ale's band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she said that when I talked to her, um, you know. She's like, oh, it's totally different now that um, you're in it. It's fun, and I, I enjoy playing with them. Mm-hmm. I enjoy playing there. But, um, you know, they, they've been working on a record for a while. Um, it's, but like I said, it's, it's, it's Marie and Elle's thing. It's, uh, I, I just kind of wait for them to ask me what they need me to do. Um, I play live with them, and I record some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love Maria's songs. Um, love, love her voice. It's, uh, it's, it's fun to do. We played that show in Los Angeles for Caleb, and it, that was a, it was a good set. And, uh, I definitely like that. I would, I would like to do more. Me, Marie and I actually did like an open mic last summer at, uh, at Martha's Vineyard. I, I, that was fun to do. I'm like, we should do more stuff like that, Maria. <laughs> she talked about that. Open mic. Yeah, she's like, I, she said she got up there and kind of froze. <laughs> she would. Yeah, it's funny because she's so hard on herself. She's fine. She seems hard on herself. And it, I told her too. I'm like, listen, I don't do open mics because I like it. I do it for an exercise. It's like mm-hmm. a good like, oh, can I pull off a song right now? You know, that's it. I mean, it is pretty smart, especially if you, if you can carry yourself you know, as a solo person to for practice, it's great. Yeah. It's a great exercise. It's it's you know, it's not it's definitely have to you have to have a mindset for it for sure. Mm-hmm. And we she she wanted to do it and we went down there <laughs> and we're like, all right, and I, I I think I have it on video of me playing at that weird guitar store in Vineyard Haven. Mm-hmm. Uh, in front of like all these people that like want to hear like James Taylor songs. I felt like <laughs> Of course they do. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just played in a couple songs, I'm like, all right, I'm done the Marie got like, yeah, she started a song and stopped it. And I could tell she like 
I told him, like, Terry, all you did, you looked too deep into, like, you know, the abyss. <laughs> like, don't look into the, straight into the abyss. Hit, it, yeah. hit one point on the wall and just stare at it. Yeah, it's just like, you just got to go. And she was, she was great. Um, <laughs> she brings it up all the time, how we have to do more. Yeah. I was uh, talking to her about, uh, and I, I think we touched on it just briefly, but, you know, do you see yourself, like, playing when you're 55 at, like, a bar somewhere? Or I do. Yeah. What do you think you're going to be doing? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I play all the time, you know, and like, I think about that. And I actually thought about this year because like, you know, doing these, all this music I talked about initially, like it, mm -hmm. it was a ton of fucking work and like, I don't even, you know, I want to keep on going, but I don't have a lot. I don't have that in me again. I don't have, that's, a, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that was, yeah. it was, it was, a, it was, it was, it was a lot. Do you feel like worn out a little bit? I did for I feel better now. Yeah. Uh, for after that Nomad Stones, I felt messed up for a few days. <laughs> um, but that's just because like I had to sing it all, and you know, it, it just really wore me out. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think about because you kind of you you for, I, I'm impatient. Like I feel like when I write a song, I'm like, all right, I can't wait for this person to hear that. But in reality, they're not going to hear for like two years. You know, because mm -hmm. the whole like, all right, I need to write this and write a few more and get it in practice, book the recorded time, record it, uh, <laughs> master it, wait for it to be released, which is two years later, you know, <laughs> from when you write, actually write the song. Um, so now I'm thinking like, I want to try to just start laying groundwork for how I would do solo. I just don't know how yet, you know, because I was like, do I want to be like, do I want to do like songwriting? There's so many of those people out there yeah and sure i could write a few songs but I'm, i don't consider myself a prolific songwriter mm -hmm. but then I, I i have like i could do pedal noise wall jams for days but i also know no one wants to see that for very long you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I just have all sorts of ideas like what can i do solo you know i'm just trying to think of ideas of like laying the ground for that because i i, I would love i would love to like I, I, I have romantic ideas of driving, uh, you know, a car by myself with just my two guitars in the back and one heavy loaded and play and you load a car just drive. That's, I mean, <laughs> you know I mean? like, That's a great dream. Yeah, for sure. Know, like, it, it's, I just like the simplicity of it all and just doing it, doing it because you love it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, but I do, I mean, I, it's too deep in me. I, 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 I know I'll play as long as I can. Um, I try, you know, I've been trying like finger pick for like the past five years, which has been like a, fucking grind mm -hmm. I, I, I explain I tell people it's like trying to untangle bob wire with like telepathic powers <laughs> to learn how to finger pick yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's tough I mean people go people uh, but I mean I've got a lot better at it but it's uh, you know like, and I have like dreams of like oh it'd be awesome to play it do a church show just like this but I mean I can get through maybe two songs <laughs> <laughs> you gotta grow your pinky out I think it's like for the... See I only do three right now oh really? yeah and I, I my pinky I just I just anchor it mm -hmm. um but and, you know, I grow. But when I grow nails out, they catch on things and like yeah. fuck my fingers right. up. Right. <laughs> I, the one guy that I know who plays like, and he was you know trained classically. All right. He has a yeah. You know, he has the, the nails, pinky. the nails, like flamenco. And I actually would like to learn that. But I learned like I have I learned like a fakey book. Oh really? Yeah. What was that? That's kind of cool. I have two books. They're, I got them off Amazon, and it's, he definitely teaches it in the. It's pretty spot on as far as mm -hmm. like that. I can't really read music, and there's tablature and. I've made my way through quite a bit of that shit. It's taken me a long time. That and, sounds cool. I would I would buy that book. Uh, yeah, I could, sure. I could certainly send you the link. Yeah, please. Um, and yeah, I've learned a bunch of his songs. So I could definitely go through three or four of his songs. And it, for me, it, it really irons out how like keeping the thumb going, 
and trying to get like little tricks down, all the weird little tricks and nuances that he does that you can apply in all different things. Like stuff I couldn't, I can, I can. I'm doing stuff now that I never thought I could do. Are you doing it like on electric? Uh, I've been doing it on acoustic. Yeah. I could do it on electric. Um, I, I definitely to the point now where I can, I can, I can do it all right. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, it's a weird thing though, like because uh, I'm coming from like punk rock. Yeah, playing live, you're so used to like adrenaline and like, <sighs> yeah, the loud. And then trying to, and I try to do it. Some of the solo shows I play, like I'll try to finger pick one song. I'm so jacked <laughs> that it's like hard for me to like, <sighs> calm down, get it, just down. get in that zone. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I'm so used to just adrenaline. You know what I mean? Does Does Steve write any like solo stuff? He has a ton of solo yeah. stuff. He has solo records, I and mean, he's he's very prolific. Mm-hmm. Um. I love his solo you stuff. Got, I don't guys, think he, I don't think he does it enough. Do a tour with just YouTube fucking playing solo stuff. I mean, that'd be cool. I, you know, I, I hate to leave out JR. You know, I hate to leave out JR. Yeah, I know, of course. <laughs> when we did that show at Roeburn, like, last year, like, I definitely was like, man, I, I feel weird leaving JR, but he wasn't there. Could do the whole uh, Don Cap thing where they they did this one tour where they played. This is when they were a three-piece, like, okay. towards the end. And the three, each one of them would play a solo set, and then they would play as Don Cab at the end. That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> I never heard that. Yeah, um, it was the last record, so what? Like, it wasn't my favorite Don Cab record, but uh, when they played here, there's a great story behind it. Uh, and if you ever want to read the whole thing, it's like up on some. I, I forget where it is, uh, but I could send you the link. Uh, they came here, and the they were playing downstairs, and they didn't tell or someone didn't tell the booking guy, agent that they that was how it was going to work there wasn't going to be an opening band but they booked an opening band and when they got when the band got there they were told them that you weren't <laughs> you can't play and they fucking were pissed oh man and everybody all the people there that were there to see them got pissed you know, oh was, man yeah it was a funny show <laughs> people were throwing pizza Don Cab and wow. shit yeah it got pretty unruly what other bands did Don Cab members go on to? Uh, Battles okay. was the biggest one. Uh, the guy, Ian. Guy from Helmet. Yeah, Ian went on the Battles. Uh, they were very successful. Are they still together? I think so. Yeah. There's like, tons of Helmet at the tattoo shop, which is like perfect. <laughs> really? Uh, tons <laughs> of Helmet. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I don't even think I know all their records that well like I know obviously I know, you know Meantime Meantime and that's it uh, we, we, it's pretty much between Meantime and Betty but uh, Betty holds up great I, I love I love the drop D-Rock I don't. I have no problem with it <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny for me I tell people when they help me hit the suburbs man you know cause oh being yeah from, being from Methuen how many snare drums would you hear like pop 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 oh dude <laughs> I, was, I was talking to like when I was in all that when I was in the hardcore you know like local hardcore back in the day when, when kids, where are you from? I'm from Upton. Okay. So like Blackstone Valley. Yep. Uh, so like I saw Alex's, I saw, you know, all those bands. Yep. Said and Done and uh, Foe and Breaking Point and all that. All that. Um, but I remember when I when I got Quicksand and I said, oh, this is fucking slip. And I was like, this is pretty good. You guys should listen to it. And he's like, they were like, no, they weren't having it. <laughs> they were like, it's not fucking hardcore, so we don't give a shit about it. So I was kind of a little ostracized for liking Helmet and, and Quicksand. Oh, yeah. I mean, Quicksand, I I got into them. Via, it's funny. I, it's so different now. I got into them because I saw a sticker, and it said Quicksand in the silhouette of him with the Les Paul. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is that band all about? 
Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, saw, I just, like, saw the name, and I was like, man, they, that, they sound great. And, I, I mean, I had no idea that had anything to do with, um, anything to do with, like, hardcore Gorilla Biscuits or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, that, to me, I mean, pe- uh, for people associated failure being, like, the heaviest influence on Caveman, for me, it was Quicksand back when we were changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... To this day, you know, slip that guitar song's on slip is like that's a quintessential. That's what that's what you want. You oh, know? For sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. It's awesome. Yeah, I think like Gibson Gibson into it like a Marshall. You know, just that. That's always that, wanted that. Yeah, it just sounded great. Um, I yeah, that, I love that record. Are you still playing basically the same shit? Uh, I you know I I still play Gibson Marshall. Yeah, I mean yeah. I played some for a few years, but I'm back to playing Marshall again because when I did those weird ones tours in Europe we were using Marshall again and I was just mm-hmm. like oh my god <laughs> I, had a, I had a Marshall early on and I sold it to play Sun I, I, the Sun app I got I got for 150 bucks way before these things were hot I was on a Model T, Model T or I uh, know it's a thousand S mm-hmm. and I use it for years because it cranks loud you know mm-hmm. I thought it was unique um, but then now they're like this they're now they're very fashionable um, which is hilarious. I think dude, I could I could flip mine for like eight to twelve now. I got it for one hundred fifty bucks. Um, but uh, re- re- playing re- Marshall in Europe, I was like, I need to go back to that. Were you playing a Plexi? Uh, it, no, JC eight hundred. Yeah. Um, which I love that amp. Um, it's like you know, Pyball played those for years, and mm-hmm. I, I think Slayer used JC eight hundreds. Um, I, to me, I, I, Steve and I loved a band called Giants Chair growing up, but they used JMPs. But to me, like the JC 800 sounds like Giants Chair to me, and that's why I loved it. Really? You guys like Giants Chair? That's crazy. Oh, I love that band. That one band, uh, was a, it's a great cover with the red stripe across the yeah, front. Yeah, uh, red and clear. Yeah. They just, they like reissued that like not too long ago. Uh, I mean, you know, they found a bunch in their ba- I bought, I actually bought both of them. Like, we found these. <laughs> It's stock, like new old stock. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought they reissued it because uh, I was like, no, they're like new old stock. And I was like, that's awesome. So I bought the boat. <laughs> uh, they said they had to make remake some of the covers, but mm-hmm. the, the actual vinyl was like old. just somewhere in yep. someone's like closet. Yeah, so I scooped it up. That's cool. Um, that, you know, I, I like Quicksand. I love the guitar playing of Scott Hobart. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think those he's doing cool, but I listen to both those records. I mean, it's to me, it sounds like ahead of its time. It's oh, like for sure. like Rush or like prog rock, mm-hmm. but like from the Midwest. And yeah, so and that's another thing about the like that Midwest emo sound, like that kind of stuff that was going on. It was it wasn't like a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't like Boys Life no. or you know any of those bands because um, there was a lot of like that poppy emo stuff coming out. Yeah, and they, they were they were pop. They had poppy songs, but in a different, darker way. Mm-hmm. They were darker, and I mean, I mean, Steve and I. To me, to this day, I, I can't speak for Steve, but I've. I, Still rip off Giants Chair chords to this day. And Interesting, you know, really. Oh God, never would have guessed that. Love them. Love Scott Hobart. And it's funny. Years later, uh, Clouds was playing Kansas City. It was like the weirdest Clouds tour we ever did. Um, it was definitely I recall it the Year Zero tour. Like definitely showed up to venues like, oh, you're playing here tonight. Oh, we're going there. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, we're having a show. Yeah, like shit like that. Like nobody around. <laughs> Um, but we were playing it's like oh you you guys are on after the country show and I'm like okay so the country show and Scott Hobart it's Scott Hobart in the music you play it really? yeah and I went up to him like dude and I because Caven played with Giants Chair when we were in high school Um, I played this country it's pretty good they were were good and I went up to him like I don't know if you remember me man but I'm like I can't believe it's you but I'm like I played in Caven and like you know we love him he's like oh my god you know, like, yeah, like, awesome. Um, and he let us stay at his house. Really? Yeah. Crazy. It, it was clouds. It, it, was, it was cool. It was like an old, cool little Kansas City, like, 
bricks, you know, Brickstone apartment, and mm-hmm. he we, he showed me. It was the first time in my life I watched spaghetti westerns with Scott Hobart because I I was just ignorant to it. And he just, oh, he's like, oh, you ever watch this stuff? And he started playing me like Django. And I'm like, I'm like, I had no idea that this stuff was cool. You oh, know? it's so great. Yeah, the music and the, like the scenery. Mm-hmm. He cooked us cheese quesadillas. <laughs> uh, I love that that you remember that. That's crazy. Well, yeah, because I, I was all tripped out. I was like, I can't believe I'm at Scott, Scott Hobart's house mm-hmm. right now. You know? <laughs> and the clouds guys didn't even know who Giant's chair was. Yeah. So the next day, they left. They're like, who is that? I'm like, it's fucking Torpor Giant's chair. <laughs> like, he's, he, he's like such an influence. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> they had no idea who he was. It is, I mean, it is surprising. I really like, uh, I mean, I talked to someone on this that they said Boy's Life was like a big influence on him. And I never would have fucking guessed that. Never would have guessed that. Knowing him now. Yeah. You know? crazy i love i love giant's chair uh steve steve was the first person who got me into that uh, but I, I love the guitar playing to this day i love it it's still an influence i'm gonna have to go on and listen to that i haven't listened to it so long. i mean the recordings are raw but the, you know the guitar playing man i mean he's doing some amazing stuff mm-hmm. like he's playing like almost like a country dude trying to play like discord you know what i mean <laughs> which sounds like it was such a great combination to me yeah because i love fucking it's country. a dude who comes from country but trying to play like eating yeah. fire or something you know what cool. I mean? it's cool I, it sounds great I, I definitely have both the records somewhere. I don't know where the fuck I gotta find it. Right, what do you think? Is this we starting or are we going? Oh, we're done. Oh, we're done. Oh, we, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Do you? How do you feel? I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I Any? hope that was good for you. No. I was just trying. My whole thing with those things, I, I just like because I listen back to myself. Like oh, I don't want to talk, especially when I talk about major label shit. Like because to me, it's all water under the bridge. But I'll say things. I'll mention someone's name, and I don't want. No, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? And if there was anything that you felt really, uh, you know, had a problem with, we could take it out. I don't, think, I don't think there, I don't think I said it. No, you didn't say anybody's name. Yeah. Anybody name you mentioned were positive. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was great. Cool, man. And I, Thanks I, for I, having I me. thought it was a good. And yeah, thank you for doing it. It was, uh, I learned some shit <laughs> that I didn't know. And uh, I don't know. I think people, especially, I mean, you know, obviously the Caleb stuff fucking super important and i think i haven't heard anything or seen anything that yeah i i'm, I'm yeah i'm just being real i'm very careful about how i talk about it again because mm-hmm. like I, it's still pretty fresh yeah um, yeah i'm very careful i mean we, the, i know that me steve and jared need to sit down i mean we kind of already have but like with this record coming out we have to talk about stuff so it's like you know we all have to be on the same page yeah know? yeah <laughs> it's tough it's tough uh-huh. I don't know how I would approach it, and honestly, I, I think I would, I would have a hard time dealing with it myself. Oh, and we are, but yeah. it's like the thing I've learned: you have to move on for his kids and for for him, you know, it's mm-hmm. what he would want us to do. I know that. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to move on. It's crazy to, it's crazy to go through life now without someone you thought would be there forever. Yeah. You never thought like he's a, you know, you never th- no you don't think yeah, about yeah it's like no it's just this is my buddy I'll see him and you know yeah. I'll see you oh I'll see you next summer when we're camping again in Maine you know I'll see you in the fall when we have a little gathering of your mother-in-law it's like all these things we did every year you know nobody thinks tragedy yeah you know and for good reason I think people just try to avoid that stuff in their life I better say it's funny like I, I it's it, I've never been been like, like this emotional in my life and like watching I was watching American Idol last night I'm like <laughs> I'm like oh my god I told Terry like I kinda, I'm like I'm gonna start fucking balling like, like I can't watch this shit and like, well the kid lost like both his brothers last year and I was just like oh I can't 
I can't watch this. Too close. <laughs> Too close. Yeah, and then he gets up and kicks ass. You know what I mean? He plays his little <laughs> song. <laughs> I get it. I don't think I've ever seen American Idol. Yeah. Or any of that. I don't need to watch any of that shit. I shouldn't watch any of that. Rot your brain. <laughs> is, is Terry fucking like locking you down on that shit? No, I I had it on. I can't blame her for it. I had it on because, it, it, but you know, it's, I know I had the sound off, but some dude came out in a mask, and he was. I was like, I gotta watch this. Like, what's this all about? And he put on like a beatbox and he started like doing like screaming shit. Like, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of funny. But on, on national television, yeah, in America, Lionel Richie was like hiding behind the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I gave the kid credit for doing it. Yeah, like, yeah, not gonna happen. I can imagine what the reaction is when, when um, they do like the Katie Kate Perry's one of the judges. It, it, you know, it's, it, Lionel Richie. I like I like watching the old school guys. The mm-hmm. things they have to say. Like he last, you know, when he didn't like someone, he's like, I'm just gonna give you some advice. You know, it's a no for me, but just find notes you think you can hit. <laughs> <laughs> just like this is what I got, Lionel Richie. That's it. <laughs> if there were any notes to begin with, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was talking to Chris Pecky and he was saying that he's been trying to learn how to sing and he's having a hard time getting that guttural hardcore metal oh yeah thing um, and he's like I don't know I, I, I can't do it I've been working on it for like a long time I still can't do it it's, it's hard to sing man yeah it's, it's really hard I mean I, I can't, certainly can't scream or like other people at all. No. And, I, 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 and as I get older, I'm just trying to hone in what I'm good at and stay, stick with it. But I mean, when I did vocals in that, that No One's Songs record, I felt fucked up for like really? three days. <laughs> like, what happened to me, you know? But just like, you, you're not used to like, you're just fucking worn out. Ah. Oh. And I, you know, I, I can, I, I call myself a backup singer. I'm, I, I don't think, I'm a, I don't like the sound of my voice, but I can sing. I can hold notes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I wish I could. I wish I sounded like like Mark Lanigan or like Evan, or like Evan Dandel, like two complete opposites but great voices. I wish yeah. I sounded like. You know what I mean? Mark Lanigan is such a unique voice. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. So I mean, just any unique sound. And you know, again, older gentleman still doing his thing. I love that. Yep. You know what I mean, still doing the same fucking uh, thing. Long road, lost a lot of friends along the way, still yep. doing it. You know. Man. Awesome. Thanks, dude. No problem, man. Thank you.